You are listening to Empower Me with Aerie. Welcome everyone to Empower Me with Aerie show. I am Erica Holmes. I go by Queen Aerie because there is royalty on the inside of each and every one of us. The Bible talks about it, that we are a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. And as I love to say, like my pastor, he says, once we know our identity, we therefore know our authority. I am excited that you all decided to join me today. I pr- pray that this episode blesses you tremendously. We're going to be talking about I will not be silent. Let's go ahead and say a quick prayer before we get into this. Father, I thank you. I thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity to come before your people. I thank you for using me as a vessel. I humble myself, Father, so that you can come in, Father, that your glory will be revealed, that you will be shown. Speak through my mouth, Father. Let the people lives change. Let them leave and let them leave better than they came in. Father, I thank you that their hearts are receptive, their ears are open to receive what it is that you are saying in this time, season, and hour. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. It is an absolute honor. I definitely come before you guys humble, um, you know, as a friend of God, a vessel of God to release this word. And so God put on my heart to talk about, I will not be silent. And I think that this message is so fitting, especially for right now, because we have to understand that we literally have to make the choice to not be silent because all that we've gone through in life should be evidence enough that we, uh, you know, being silent should not be priority or shouldn't even be a choice that we want to have. The hell that we've, that we've gone through at times, the hell that you've gone through, that you've lived through, the attacks, the misfortune, the disappointments should literally put a fire under your being to literally motivate you and ele- and, and cause you to not want to be silent. The things that happen, we have to begin to look around and say, yes, it happened. Yes, I was disappointed at a, a moment moment of time. However, I am still here. I am still here. And if we're able to look around to that, literally your presence is evidence of God's goodness. Your being in your right mind right now, and even being able to listen to this message today is a reminder that you are victorious. You cannot be silent. I cannot be silent about what God has brought us through, literally because our testimonies can bring healing to to somebody else and as a reminder to the enemies that we belong to God. And so we have to understand that first and foremost, we are God's property. We belong to him, meaning that he created us. He created us for himself to be a representation of himself in this earthly realm. It talks about it in the book of Genesis. Genesis 1 26, it says that you are created in his image and in his likeness. That right there is confirmation that you need that you are God. And with that said, representing him, we cannot choose to be silent. We have to understand that when we represent him by not being silent, we give the devil another black eye by declaring that we have overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Listen, I firmly believe that it is victory time, you guys. It is victory time. And we have to understand that we cannot be silent, king. We cannot be silent, queen, because your voice will literally shake 
shake and change things around you. We have to understand that, that your voice, it literally creates and even shuts down things. And yes, opposition, again, may have tried to tire you out so that you can give up. And even if you feel like you did give up for a moment or time, but guess what? Shout now because you came back to your senses. Unfortunately, sometimes we get out of our senses based on the hell or the challenges that we face during that time or that season. But again, we have to come to realize whose we are and who we are in God. And literally, we have to come out with our hands lifted up because victory belongs to us. And so... All we should do is literally shout the shout of victory because God has set us free over 2000 years ago. And he did that by Jesus in any moment or any situations we go through is temporary. And what Jesus did is permanent. If we can keep that in mind, you guys, literally our voices should never be silent about the goodness of God, about what he has done for our lives. Your freedom is permanent. Your identity is permanent. Your inheritance is permanent. Literally, the salvation that God gave you again is permanent. We cannot forget who we are in Christ. We can't forget the finished work. And I've been hearing that over and over about the finished work. And even that should motivate us to continue forth. That should motivate us to not give up because it was because of that work that we can continue to come out swinging. It is because of that finished work that Jesus did that we can continue to say that God is good. It is literally because of that finished work that we can literally still be alive to get today. And I want to ask you, whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? Are you going to choose to come out shouting with joy and not be silent today? This is really an internal question that we have to ask ourselves. It really is. And, And like I said, um, the enemy and the things that you've gone through would love for your embarrassment, shame, heartache, failure, or whatever it is that you went through to take your voice. Kind of like, you know, the abuse that I went through when I was younger. He would have loved for that to continue to take my voice so that I would not glorify God. So I would not share the testimonies of the goodness of God. But I said, not so because God brought me out of this thing. I'm going to share what it is that he's done for my life and help somebody else get victory. We have to understand that Literally, we have to, um, and as we share that, we're reminding, we're reminding not ourselves, uh, not only ourselves, but others that Jesus didn't come to con- to condemn us, but to give us life, and that we're forgiven. And then when we open up our mouths, it again, it is evidence that the enemy shouldn't have never came came against you, and we have to use it as ammunition to never stop talking again, you guys. And so. I, I really want to really pump this into you. I really want you guys to get that because the sole audacity of any issue or or any uh, test or enemy that came against you is reason enough for you to thank God because he knew what was on the inside of you. It reminds me of the story of Job. We're going to read, uh, read that. But God knew that regardless of what you were going to go through, that you would not give up. God knows what he created on the inside of us. He put himself on the inside of us. And so you may have even you may have even be saying right now, you know, it wasn't fair about what you had to go through. You may have lost that husband. You may have lost that wife and you may say it was wrong or this or that. But again, the things that Joe went through and the other people in the, uh, the Bible, the stories that we read about, it wasn't fair. But in the end, what happened? God gave them double portion. God literally blessed them for the troubles 
and things that they had went through. And so will we stop complaining and then will we stop complaining and saying that it's, fit, it's not fair or this or that in order to get our, the next level of breakthrough that God has for our lives? Will we stop measuring our past failures and disappointments to make room for what God wants to do in our lives? Literally the thing that he wants to do in your life right now. The question is, are you ready to not be silent? And so we have to begin to flip those complaints around and turn them into thanksgiving and flip that doubt around and disappointment around and turn it to glorify God because you are yet here and literally you're going to be used to help somebody else. You guys, we have to let our past motivate us to keep going. Let your past motivate you until you see the manifestation, the further manifestation of God's goodness. We um, and, and another thing I want to share with us that, you know, I went through what I went through and I did allow the enemy to keep my mouth silent for quite some time. And I was suffer, suffering in silence, but we cannot suffer in silence any longer. We have to understand Literally, when we speak up, literally, we're saying enough is enough. We are beginning to, as you're sharing, we'll begin to break down walls, barriers around you, literally break down generational curses, and you will begin to see generational blessings. And again, it's going to help somebody else. And so this reminds me of the song, and I don't own the rights to the song, but I love music and music ministers to me so dearly, but it reminds me of the song and it says, I will not be silent. It says, I will always worship you. As long as I am breathing, I will always worship you. Here is my worship. Jesus, that is powerful. Did you hear what that said? I will not be silent. I will always worship you. As long as I am breathing, I will always worship you. Here is my worship. This is the stance that God wants us to take. No matter what we go through, no matter what we've been through, God is saying, will you worship me? Will you worship me by opening up your mouth and not being silent by sharing the testimony about the goodness of who God is? And so today I we're going to read a lot of scripture. We're going to read a lot of scripture because I want us to get this. And if you watch any of the messages that I've done before, you uh, will realize or you understand that I love to give scripture because you can go back to that. You can write the scriptures down when you're facing this or you're facing that. Guess what? The word never fails. It will prevail. It lasts forever. And so we're going to read about Job. I'm going to jump around a bit because I think that his story my God is so powerful. His story is so fitting about not being silent. And so we're going to start at Job chapter one. We're going to do one through 22 and we're going to read parts of um, chapter two and then a little more in the and a little more in the back. So we're going to get this started. So Job chapter one, it says there was a man in the land of us and it says whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright. I want you guys to really pay attention to this. It says the man was blameless and upright. And it says one who feared God and shunned evil and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys in a very large household so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. 
And it says, and his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of the feasting had run their course that Job would sit and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of all of them. And it says for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Thus, Job did this regularly. And now it's going to talk about the attack, the attacks that started to come against him. I want you guys to pay attention to this. It says in verse six, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came along with them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, one that fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? That's that same persecuting voice, that same voice <laughs> that asked Jesus, you know, if he is the son of God. It's the same voice that was in the garden with Adam and Eve. I want you guys because he's a deceiver. He, you know, he is accuser of the brethren. And so it says, so Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? He already knew the answer to this. And it says, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all those he has on every side? You have blessed the works of his hands and his possessions and have increased and his possessions have increased in the land. But now listen to this, but now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, and, and, and the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. I want you guys to really grab a hold of this. This is, this is so powerful. It really, really is powerful. A lot of things that we're going to point out, but Job was blameless. He was blameless. He wasn't um, committing, you know, sins. And, and the deceiver, the, the accuser came and said, okay, we're going to test him. We're going to test him. And sometimes that's, you know, it, it feels like we're being tested. We are being tested. We are being tested. But again, like I said earlier, God knows what he placed on the inside of us. He lives there. And so chapter uh, verse 13, we're going to continue. It says, now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing. And the donkeys feeding beside them, then the, then the Sabines raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone escaped to tell you. Listen to this. While he was still speaking, another one came and said, the fire of God, it fell from heaven and burnt up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you, listen to this. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, took them away. Yes. And killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. 
Listen to this, you guys. Verse 18, while he was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind from across the wilderness and it came and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people. They are dead. And I alone escaped to tell you. I want us to pay attention to verse 20 moving forward. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped my God. And it says, and he said, naked, I came from my mother's room and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Whoo, this is powerful. In all this, Job did not sin, nor did he charge God with any wrong. You guys, this is so powerful. I'm going to read a bit more, and then we're going to to delve into, uh, really uh, delve into this. So <clears throat> Job 2, it talks about, so not only was, you know, his possessions, you know, attacked and his family attacked. Now we're going to talk about the attacks that was on his body. Chapter two, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also along uh, with them to present himself before the Lord and the Lord and the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered and said, from going to and fro of the earth, walking back and forth in it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. And he holds fast to his integrity. Although you incited, meaning provoked or pushed me against him to destroy him without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes. All that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, behold, he is your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and, sh and struck Job with painful boils from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a potsherd with which was with him to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of his ashes. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But listen to what he said to her. Listen to what his, his response was. He was not silent. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity in this in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips, you guys. Again, my question is, what was Job, Job's response to all of this? He literally fell down to the ground and he began to worship God. My God, his response was to not be silent. His As he worshiped, even though he didn't understand what was going on, he still worshiped initially initially he didn't say why if you've read the book of Job you understand he was he eventually started complaining but initially he didn't say why why me why me initially but he said the Lord gives and the Lord takes and he said blessed be the name of the Lord listen 
it, just like Job, your character may have been attacked, your possessions, your family may be even attacked, but God, he is the great restorer and he would never allow a thing to be touched if he didn't have a greater plan of restoration for you, a greater plan for a greater comeback for blessings for your life. You have to understand this. This is so powerful. And so again, I want you guys to take the time to read the book of Job because there are some parallel things that, you know, you go through in your life. You may not go through as, as tough as he did, but you go through some things in your life and you're trying to figure out, well, why is this happening? And, and, and you're stressing yourself out. I want you guys to begin to read that and begin to remind yourself of the posture of Job because he is a great reminder that literally we cannot give up on God. And so I want to begin to read now for the sake of time. I want to begin to read about how literally the, the end of this came because this is going to encourage you guys. Again, we're talking about you cannot be silent and so in Job 42 7 through 14 it says and, it, and so it was after the Lord had spoken these things or these words to Job that the Lord said to him he said to Eliphaz and the Tamanite my wrath is against you and your two friends for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has my God it says now therefore take for yourself seven bulls and seven rams go to my servant Job Offer them, offer up for yourselves a burnt offering and my servant Job shall pray for you for I will accept him lest I deal with you according to your folly because you have sp not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. And it says so. It says, so he falls in the Tamanite and Bildad, the Shunite, Jophar, the um, Namathite went and did as the Lord commanded them for the Lord had accepted Job and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. You guys, this is powerful. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before than all of his brothers, all of his sisters, all of those who had been his acquaintance before came to him, ate food with him in the house and they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. I'm going to repeat that, that last part. Each one gave him a piece of silver and a ring of gold. You guys, this is so powerful. And then it says, now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than the beginning for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. And it says he called the name of his first Jemima. And it says the name of the second was Kazia and the name of the third Karen Habak. And it says, and all of the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and his grandchildren for four generations. So Job died full of days. You guys, I had to read all of that because I wanted to highlight this scripture to you because Job's persistence in the end caused him to get even blessings from his family and those close to him. They gave him silver and they gave him gold. He was blessed tremendously because he would not be silent. And as we can see, Job did not curse God as he was instructed to in the midst of losing everything, what seemed like everything. He yet believed that 
that somehow God could change this. He yet believed when he was trying to figure it out that there got to be more to this, even though there were, you know, as he opened up his mouth, he um, he were rebuking his friends because they were telling him to do ill things. They were telling him, you know, <clears throat> pretty much telling him, well, this is why this is happening. That is why that's happening. And in his weakest moments, even though he did desire to die, he yet would not curse God. In the end, he even opened up his mouth. He wasn't silent and he began to speak blessings and prayers for his friends. Then breakthrough happened. Again, Job was not silent in the midst of it. He chose to allow what he was going through to push him to a greater level of humility, to become even closer to God and to um, to become even closer to God, to look at what God was saying and to see the increase that God gave him that was literally beyond his wildest imagination. So my question to you is, will you allow what you've been through to shut your mouth? Will you allow it to shut your mouth or will you allow it and see that God's blessings will prevail, that God yet has his hands upon your life? Will you continue to honor God? Will you continue to reverence him? These are, these are, you know, honest questions that we need to ask ourselves and talk talk to ourselves about because a, a lot of people are going through situations. A lot of people are facing things that they've never faced before, but we have to understand that even though you may have gone through something, you are still standing, you are still breathing and literally you are in another space. You are, you, you, you're coming out stronger. You have more wisdom than you did yesterday. You have more power and you could give more glory to God because of what's happening. Your voice and your stand can cause revival. Even in the end, so I want to just mention this really quick. I'm not going to read this, but I want you guys to go to this. Even in the midst of oppression, like they did to Daniel, if I want you guys to take the time, go to Daniel, read chapter six, the plot that was against him. God was with him. He interpreted dreams. He was found favored by the kings and the ones that the government officials that was um, connected to him. They wanted, they wanted to see his demise. They didn't like him because the Lord was upon him and they knew there was nothing that they can do. So even in the midst of the oppression, like they did to Daniel, he chose not to be silent. He chose not. So we have to continue to do that same thing and understand that our actions are not only being a blessing to God, but again, to those who are around us. Let the people see that God is faithful. Let the people see around you that God cannot fail. Let them see what happens when you continue to trust God. Listen, if you when you read the book of Daniel, when you read the book of Daniel, chapter six, you are about to see how literally they tried to shut him down to stop him from praying. But yet he prayed. He worshiped. He did what he did before that. It caused him to have the advancement that he had when um, when he was excelling, when the king was seeing that there was favor and blessing on his life. He did not allow their oppression to stop his mouth. And guess what? In the end, a revival happened. In the end, there was an addict by the king Darius. There was an addict that went out. There was a, a word that went out and said, oh, this we're going to serve the God of Daniel. See, this could happen for you. Revival can happen if you just share your testimony. Revival can happen if you continually be who God has created you to be regardless of what's going on. And if you do not allow to shut your mouth and to shut you down. Listen, God is in the blessing business. He is in the delivering business. He trusts you and he trusts what he placed on the inside of you. But you have to believe 
believe it for yourself. Understand that can't no devil in hell stop the purpose and the plans that God has for your life. So you might as well open up your mouth. You might as well share what it is that God is telling you to share because he's going to ultimately get the glory. We even seen in the book, in the book of Job, that the enemy had to come to God to even touch his people because there was a hedge around him. So I wanted to share this to encourage you, to remind you that this is a time like none other to not be silent. Yes, the hellish things may have happened, the virus and all of this, but I want you to stand up with victory in your mouth, victory in your heart, and let them know who is the king of glory because this is time for one of the greatest examples and revivals that we've ever seen. I pray that this message blesses you powerfully. Continue to support HSBN and remember to renew your mind. The preceding program was brought to you by the Holy Spirit Broadcasting Network, HSBN Television. Empower me with Aerie.